When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Mr.comer on weei.com. Off day podcast, and we have some, uh, I guess, breaking Patriots news. Not really breaking, breaking, but uh, te- team captains were, were announced today uh, by the team. Um, a few kind of surprises, I guess. Just in, I guess, Jawan Bentley is the biggest surprise, given he's a third year uh, pro without exactly a lot of playing experience. But I just think that Belichick kind of wanted to give him that because of his role that he's going to play. And then Cam Newton, uh, first year as a Patriot, he's also a team captain. Andy, uh, what were your thoughts on the team captains? Um, well, first of all, they're a little cliche to some degree. Like, your middle linebacker, your safety, your quarterback, your center. Like, they're right out of, you know, Captain 101 casting for a movie. Um, yeah, let's go through, just so people know. It's Matthew Slater, David Andrews, Cam Newton, James White, Juwan Bentley, Lawrence Guy, Devin McCourty, and Jason McCourty. Uh, well, first of all, if you like listening to those guys, most of them are available each week on WEEI in various Patriots Monday and Friday interviews. That is correct. Um, including possibly Cam Newton on Monday, now that he's the starting quarterback of the Patriots, or Tuesday, sorry, after Labor Day, Tuesday. Yes, I would think you would think. I mean, we got uh, Brian Hoyer, Jared Sidman, Newton's kind of left, and he's the starter, and the contract says the starting quarterback for the Patriots, so you would assume right. so. So – um, you know, the Bentley one is interesting, but you know, I questioned whether Landon Roberts was like a kind of a weird captain a year ago and he got all pissy and wanted to fight me over it, whatever. But, um, now Juwan Bentley, certainly three-time captain at Purdue. Um, I have no reason to believe he's not captain worthy. Um, but as I said to you, when we were getting ready to do this, like, what if he just stinks? What if he's like inactive by week three? There will be like. Well, I mean, let's be fair. How much did Elaine and Roberts play last year? No, I mean that's fair. But you knew what he was. He was established as what he was already by last year. Um, Jawan Bentley, I think, has some upside. I think could be good, but we don't really know. It's all projection. Um, so, and and I don't know how many times over the years, for example, the Patriots have had a captain who would be inactive. So. Right. It's just interesting. It's interesting that both McCordy's certainly Devin has been a career captain, basically. But now Jason joins him. James White, career captain. Andrew, uh, David Andrews, career captain. Cam Newton is the most notable on offense because, you know, some people, Glenn Ordway, thought he might not even be the starter. And now he's your starting quarterback. He's your captain. But, I mean, when you heard the quote Bill gave the serious satellite radio guys about Cam, was there ever any question? You know, first one in, last one out. Uh, that was the, I don't know if I said this to you or somebody else. That was the most glowing quote I've ever heard him say about a, a player currently on his team. And a player, what's most notable of it for me, he's dabbled in that area over the years for somebody like James Devlin or 
even like Lawrence Guy, maybe like a no offense to them, but like second tier, third tier players. If you're a superstar or a borderline star or a story, he doesn't generally feed the beast. Yep. And that was a feed the beast story. Cam Newton has been here two months, right? July and August. He's been here two months. He has never thrown a pass in a Patriots uniform against another team or, or on a game field of any sort, no preseason, no anything. And for him to be glorified or put on a pedestal the way Bill did, I, I thought was interesting. And, you know, I thought Ben Volan actually, you know, sort of did an interesting job kind of parsing it to what the various theories may be. Is it Stidham related? Is it Brady related? Is it, you know, long-term negotiation related for a contract, whatever. Um, it was notable and, and, you know, it was notable that it's Bill too, the way Bill handles things, not just the cam side of it. So it was interesting, but we're where we thought we'd be. Cam Newton's the starting quarterback and away we go. Do you think, um, back to the captains that there is some, or even just over the years, there have been rumors that there's some funny business in terms of the captains where it's like, a guy's voted captain and then guys talk amongst themselves like, did you vote for this guy? Did you vote for this guy? I'm like, no. And Bill kind of sort of rings the ballot a little bit. Yeah. I assume, I assume the captains are a lot like the draft, like the scouts and everybody have all their work, their input, their say. And then if Bill doesn't completely agree, he does whatever the hell he wants at the end. Um, so I think probably most captains are legitimate that yeah. they vote or whatever, but the final result is like the director's cut. It's going to be Bill's yeah. the director and he's going to make the, the movie show what he wants showing at that time for that season. So, um, but I also, I don't know how many of these would really be questionable or glaring. Now you brought up before we came on, like would Julian Edelman ever be upset that he's not a captain or should he be a captain? Um, it's an interesting question. Don't know that I could see it really bothering him um, or even wanting to be because yeah, then you kind of talk about now you're supposed to be a leader and you're supposed to do more press conferences. I was just saying the biggest thing is the press conferences. Right. But um, he's probably like, Bill, thanks for the favor. Right. Right. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something more to it. I don't tend to think so. I think it is what it is. And I mean, he could have been a captain for the last like five years. Right. He could have been a captain or he could not be a captain because you have James White and you have Dave Andrews and you have a quarterback. And I'm pretty sure you're only allowed seven. They have seven. I'm pretty sure you're only allowed seven total. Yeah. Uh, so the next big thing will be, does Cam Newton actually take part in any of the uh, captain things like going out for the coin toss like Tom Brady didn't really do? He would just warm up on the side. Yep. I guess he'll go out and call it. No, I don't. No, Matthew Slater, kind of his thing, huh? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. he doesn't really have as many roles as the other captain, so that sort of – he steps up to the plate. He's got plenty of roles. Not all of them on the field necessarily, but he's got plenty of roles. He does. He's still replacing Jack Easterby. Jack Easterby and like – and then, you know, if they sign some, you know, mercurial wide receiver like A.B., he'll have to talk three straight days and explain how the team is welcoming him, yep. whether he wants to or not. Yep, that too. So he has plenty of roles, but – um, yeah, I don't know that there's other than the Newton thing, and we should probably talk about this a little bit, the way the captain's news came out, um, last night, Wednesday night, uh, Jim McBride, Boston Globe reported, um, Patriots captains, and he did it in a vague way. It was defense. At, he, but he didn't say that because he had Slater. Well, I thought he said defense plus Slater. Yeah, but he didn't say one way or the other whether there would be offense. It was, right. I think, it was intentionally vague. Yes, personally. I agree. I think it was intentionally vague. So he yeah, had the. He was. Patriots have elected Devin, Jason McCourty, Lawrence Guy, and Juwan Belly as defensive team captains per source. Also, Matthew Slater is a special teams captain. Right. He didn't say one way or the other why there weren't offensive captains. Would there be forthcoming offensive captains? I thought it was intentionally vague. Oh, no question. Um, and then today. Patriots had a team meeting. We should mention the Patriots are preparing for their uh, team premiere, but it's a digital version on Patriots.com and WBZ. And apparently Bill announced in a team meeting that Cam Newton's the starting quarterback. And then reports came out that, you know, the offensive captains were Newton and Andrews and White. Um, It's a little weird. Uh, First of all, I'm mildly surprised that he 
had some formal coronation for Cam Newton. Well, that was my thing. And, like, the way that the tweet read, it was, like, beating out Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. So do you think Bill went up there and was like, yep, Cam Newton beat out Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer for the starting quarterback job. Like, give him a round of applause. Like, yeah. you know, like that's like, not how Bill operates. And I don't even really understand the need for it. Like, I mean, just by watching these training camp practices, it's pretty apparent who's the starter. Right. We talked about the game simulation where he's on one team taking all the snaps and the other two are on a different team taking shared snaps. Yeah. Like, it's not like, um, I don't know, David Andrews is like, oh my God, wow, Cam Newton's going to be the starting quarterback. Holy shit. Like, right. Like, like, that's okay. It's a podcast. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't really. I mean, did they every year announce right before the premiere that Tom Brady's the quarterback? Because Bill's big on every year you have to reestablish yourself, right? Right, right. So does he announce the starting quarterback every year? Like, where where are the tweets the last 18, 17 years that Tom Brady will be the starting quarterback? Right. Like, I I thought he wouldn't announce it. I thought it was just like everybody kind of knows what's going on. They see the reps in practice, you know. uh, Hey, uh, Stidham, can you go run the scout team? Cam's going to do something. Like, that it's just obvious. Like, you do as you're told. You and you've been around the team long enough and you know who the starting quarterback is when you start taking reps for the Dolphins and those things. So right. I, it's a formality that I didn't really think – it's like Bill doesn't do the C on the chest for captains. Like, they right. don't believe in that. Right. And I don't know why you need to name a starter. I don't need – like, it's, it's a little weird, and I may be writing something. I'm formulating it in my head about how there seems to be some – kid gloves or unique treatment of cam newton i would say unique treatment is definitely a thing and i don't know if it's just because we're accustomed to the way that he treated tom brady and just the fact that it was sort of just assumed just his role and whatever but i i do think bill is acting a little bit differently with newton than any other like superstar player that he's had and I mean, we can get into discussion of why that would be, you know, is and that gets into sort of the quotes with Sirius Satellite Radio. Like, is he, is he taking jabs at Tom? Is he right. showing appreciation intentionally to say, Tom, I would have appreciated you if I appreciated what you were doing or like, or is it like to prop up Newton, like to give him the satisfaction that like, you're doing a good job. Like, I like what you're doing. Like, it's just, you would take it a number of different ways, depending on what you want, what your angle is. Now I said to you, this is a little side difference or whatever. Like, I think Bill has always lusted after an athletic quarterback. Um, Tim Tebow, there were comments when Tim Tebow was still in college. I think there were some comments after Lamar Jackson's breakout year in college. Like, I think he's always loved the idea of old – like, that's what he comes from. Like, his the film of his dad and the film of the 30s and the 40s and the double wing and the wing tee and this, you know, the single wing and these yep. various things. I think there's some part of him. Now, maybe it's also just the grass is always greener. You always want when you don't have. Like, he had the greatest passing pocket passer of all time in Tom Brady. Like, I don't know. But I think there's always been a little bit of an affinity between Bill and a, and a passing quarterback, an athletic quarterback. Now, he's obviously seen Cam Newton beat his team. So, there might be something there. Like, he gained respect going against him. I don't know. But I think he has a weird – um, affinity or like or whatever for Cam Newton and is treating him as such in a weird way that is notable. Now, we'll see. It might not mean anything. I don't – like, one of the th- theories I have is he wants to try to make this not a one-and-done, that he wants it to be a long-term relationship or a longer-term relationship, and especially now that he's probably realized or assessed that he's healthy, like he doesn't have to worry about the foot and the shoulder. Maybe he's even more so smitten. Smitten may be the word. He's smitten with Cam Newton. I think that's a good way to put it. Uh, getting to another topic, I guess I put out my 53-man roster final projection on Thursday morning. Uh, you had some gripes, or did you have gripes with it? Or just- well, before we get into that, we should put we should the to me the next biggest news of the the week, not necessarily to listeners of the Off Day podcast or to us, but uh, Mohammed Sanu. Oh yes, let's get to that is not making Bill Belichick's 53-man roster. Forget about Ryan Hannibal's 53-man roster projection. Mohamed Sanu will not be making Bill Belichick's 53-man roster. Um, you know, he, he had a comment. this podcast, you knew it was coming. Let's just make that clear. Yeah, we've been predicting – well, I've been predicting it. I don't know which – you were off and on based on your roster projections, but um, 
I, I was going to be very surprised, more surprised that he made the team than surprised that he didn't make the team. But a lot of others didn't agree. I know Jeff Howe's uh, Ross report for The Athletic this week, he said Harry and Edelman were locks and Sanu should be seen in almost, seen in almost the same light or something like that. Yep. And shortly thereafter, Sanu's out. Now, Sanu painted it as, you know, I, I think it might be a financial, financial thing. Financial thing, said that to Josine Anderson, yeah. Well, it is financial in a way. Because well, he makes $6.5 million. But he's not but, living up to that. Like, And he, if it, were, if it were just financial, don't you think the conversation with Bill might have said, but we'd like to keep you around at $1.75 million. Right. Right. Exactly. Doesn't sound like that happened. It was, yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's just watching the practices, it was clear that it just wasn't there. I mean, he didn't really make any big plays, didn't show that he was much different than he was a year ago down the stretch. And then we, we talked about the last week, I think, when you said he's probably the number three, number four receiver on the team with no special teams value. How can you pay a guy $6.5 million for that? And it's not like he's the number two guy behind Edelman. He's not. He was clearly behind Harry and, in my eyes, behind Gunnar Olszewski. And it's just it, – there it was sort of pretty clear to me that he had an uphill battle making the team. Huh, uphill battle for a guy who ran up hills during the offseason trying to get, you know, back in shape. Uh, I just, to me, there's no upside to him. Like, I don't know what he, you know, his one productive game was the game they force fed him the ball in Baltimore. Then he got hurt. Then he did nothing. But then he had drops. It wasn't just getting open in the ankle. I just, I've never been a big Sanu guy just because I think he's always been a complimentary second fiddle. I'll play next to some really good players, get in where I fit in. But I also think there's a chance that his skills have deteriorated, that he's not what he once was. He could be one of those examples. I don't have any measurements, numbers to back this up. He could also be one of those examples of, you know, my whole theory that if you run a 4-3 and lose a step, sometimes you can still find a way to adjust your game and and succeed. If you're already a 4-6 and you lose a step, well, now you're toast. Like, you just can't compete anymore. You don't have any room for, for error there. And I just... There's no upside. I would, I'm with Bill all, all along. Like, take Demir Bird, Gunnar Olszewski, Devin Ross, Jeff Thomas. They all have upside. I don't think Sanu has upside, certainly if he's not going to be. If he were just a possession guy working with Wes Welker, Randy Moss. So I know yeah. my first two roles are filled, and I just want a veteran. Maybe I'd ask him to take a pay cut. But otherwise, Give me the money on my cap that I'll either use at the trade deadline or I'll roll over to next year when the cap's going down and I have good money and I'm looking to rebuild. So I just don't and, – and even if he was okay this year, is he going to be around next year? Like what – is there a long-term future? No, no – yeah. Can we so, get – like was that one of his worst – Belichick's worst personnel moves trading a second-round pick for him last year? Um, It's probably up there. Yeah. I mean – I think two of his worst personnel moves ever happened last year with Antonio Brown and Mohamed Sanu, giving him $9 million or whatever, and then giving away a second round pick for Sanu. Those are desperation, piss poor moves. My next thing with the Sanu thing was how much of that do you attribute to Tom Brady saying, I want this guy? Yeah. I mean, who knows whether that's a hundred percent true, partially true. You know, I could see doing it to try to one last run, save the relationship with Brady or even just save the season where the season was going. But I'm sure Brady was, you know, look at the guys I'm throwing to. Give me a guy like Sanu. And Bill's like, all right, what the hell? Right. But like there was also sort of, yeah, I don't know, that whole thing and the Emmanuel Sanders aspect of it and the contract and the the whole thing. Yes, it was not a good well, move. Now it's like, why didn't you go out and get Sanders? Because he was clearly the better player, but the argument not to do that was that he, the contract was only a one-year contract. And if, you know, Sanu's gone, so the same thing would have been the case with Sanders. Right. And you, I mean, you were going to need a receiver going forward, so you could have re-signed Sanders. Like, right, right. No rules against that. So, yeah, it was bad. He mishand, he's, I mean, the other column I was wanted to write, but now I may switch gears, was the wide receiver position's been a shit show forever. And, like, every mistake is compounded by the next mistake, or every desperation move is compounded by the next desperation move. And none of – he hasn't hit a home run at wide receiver, in my opinion. I mean, I guess you go with the, the Welker 
Welker Moss additions were home runs. But well, I was just going to say that since Randy Moss. Yeah, like, and even that, you're rolling the dice, you're buying low and selling high. I think actually the better move was Welker because he invested more in Welker mm-hmm. and he hit it. Like, not it wasn't like Randy Moss. I think everybody said, well, you know, he hasn't looked great in Oakland, but maybe he gets to Belichick and Brady and maybe. I don't think anybody could have foreseen Wes Welker going to New England and catching 100 balls a year for five straight years. I thought they overpaid at the time. I thought they overpaid money and trade uh, at the time. So that was a home run. Dion Branch was a home run. Whatever it is, it's 13 freaking years ago. Right. Like, people want to tell you, oh, Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, well, no, because he took a shot like he takes on a guy that has bad health history got a little bit out of it and then the bad health history that scared everybody else away reared its ugly head so I don't know that that real. and then Edelman is a total yeah I don't you can't really give Bill credit for that well on so many levels not just did he draft a quarterback athlete punt returner but then when Wes Welker was leaving he decided he had to go get Danny Amendola he didn't know that Edelman was the guy right right so on multiple levels I don't really give him Edelman and then, obviously, the latest, you, you know, the last two years, you're in, you know, scramble mode for Harry. If Harry doesn't turn things around quickly, you're talking about a first and a second round pick over two years giving you nothing. virtually nothing. Yep. Nothing. So, you know, the, there's definitely a little bit of a hole in Bill Belichick's swing when it comes to wide receivers. And you can't blame Tom anymore. No longer is it about, oh, well, he won't work with young guys or he won't. It's too hard for old guys or it's this or it's that. Tom's gone. You can't blame Tom anymore. Um, so I guess along that same line, getting into the wide receiver position as my 53 man roster, I went with Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Demir Bird, Gunnar Olszewski, Devin Ross, and Matthew Slater, which meant I left off Jacoby Myers. And I guess you can throw in Jeff Thomas into that just because everybody seems to love Jeff Thomas, even though he hasn't been on the field at all this summer. Uh, any gripes there? Well, the only thing I would say is – is there a chance that um, situationally or circumstantially you're better off keeping Jacoby? If you want Jacoby Myers around, and a lot of people are like, oh, I'll put him on the practice squad. Well, he has to pass through waivers to go to the practice squad. Yep. And he was around the NFL for the full season. People have tape on him. They've seen right. him. They know a lot about him. Might you keep him on the roster and – Get one, try to get one of those other guys through waivers to the practice squad, whoever it is, uh, Devin Ross or you, you think know. anyone in the league's gonna claim Devin Ross? I don't, since he's bounced around a couple times already, and right. So that's my only wonder is, is would somebody take a chance on Jacoby Myers and you'd be better off keeping him and putting somebody else on the practice squad? Yeah, that's certainly always a possibility. And I, I don't know how much they – because, again, he's been in a red non-contact jersey, so it's really hard to say how he is this summer. But he does have a full year of tape, so they have an idea of what he is. And it was okay last year. I thought I thought there was some potential there. So who knows? I, I don't know exactly how they feel about him, and that's probably what obviously matters most. Um, but the bigger picture issue is the position stinks. Awful. Flat out stinks. It's and- I'm including in that either a 34-year-old's regression from Julian Edelman or just an unfair expectation that the 34-year-old isn't going to regress and we're going to beat the snot out of him for 140 targets and, you know, 100-plus receptions or whatever. That, that's not fair to him. Like, that, that's just not realistic, in my opinion. So it's, a, it's just an ugly position, and it's a great story that – you know, Gunner's the second best receiver in camp or whatever, or maybe the best receiver in camp. I don't know. Like, but are you going to go to the season where you say Gunner's legitimately one of my top three receivers? Like I'm going to go out on the field. Gunner's going to play 55 snaps and we're going to be an NFL caliber passing attack. Like I know that's no, that's, no, no. I, I just can't, I can't see it. And then you get into just like the replication of, you know, skill sets and yeah, like Edelman and, and Gunner are pretty much the same. They don't have, I guess, Demeter Bird is your speedster in a way, and he's he's been up and down. Like I, I don't think he's been as great as some people have painted him as. 
but I think he makes the team just because of his speed that they don't have any other guys that can do what he can do. And I think you also need to have some speed at the wide receiver position because of Cam as your quarterback. Yes. And this gets us to where we just were a minute ago. Nikhil Harry screws everything up. If he were a number one receiver or even you're feeling good, he was taking steps towards number one receiver, like, you know, DK Metcalf and some of the rookies last year, whatever then everybody else bumps down at least one spot or two spots and you kind of fall into place and you're like, well, if Gunner's on the field as the three, maybe, you know, blah, 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 like yeah. you can talk yourself into it. But, and I would also say, and I said this on our radio today, um, like everybody points to say the Sanu, oh, the one game in Baltimore, you know, you force fed him the ball, but he yeah. caught 10 of 14. Or, you don't even have that with Harry. You have a couple plays. You have a, literally a couple plays which were gadget plays, like not real NFL wide receiver plays. Either. Right. And then you have the negative to balance those out, like the slant in Houston where Brady yeah. was pissed. Like, yeah. I wish with Nikhil Harry you had one or two games where they threw the ball to him ten times, he caught it seven. Or Right. Like, that would be – that would buff up his resume nicely. Like, what, do you have two touchdowns where they they were both on, like, jet sweeps, basically? Well, the no, one was the – um the the fade corner route that he then turned up behind, it was yep. like a scramble play kind of like yep. a broken play yeah um but I, I just there's a lot of questions on this offense there's a lot and not just roster and depth chart but like actual roles top spot like I you know you're looking for at least two starting receivers next to Edelman I have no idea who they are I mean Harry's like Harry has to be one of them by default but that doesn't mean he earned it that he should oh, be I know I know and then Tight end, I guess Asi Asi will be the starter, but is he ready? Uh, he's going to have to be. <laughs> so we're taking all the offensive weapons, we're taking them to the top of the mountain, and we're pushing and saying, I hope you can ski. Basically, the, the tight end position, we get into that too, is another major question mark slash problem. And to me, I don't really understand why they're going into the year the way that they are. It was the worst position the entire tight end position in the entire NFL last year, and you're all you're just throwing all your chips on to Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi. So do you think should I be expecting a trade or an addition over the next week at wide receiver and or tight end? Uh, I would say that I would put that in like the 90% category. Trade or waiver wire pickup? Uh let's go, let's get both. One one like one at each position. Yeah, I'm going to say they make a trade definitively. That I'm with you. Like, I think – I'm going to say they trade for a tight end. A well, veteran let's just, tight end. Also, let's be clear. This isn't going to be like a, a game-changing player. Like, similar to probably like a Phil Dorsett type trade that they made a couple of years ago. A guy that's like another team wants here, doesn't have enough spots for him. So instead of just you know letting him go, they're going to try to get something for him. Um, so it's not going to be like a you know offense-changing player. But anything helps at this point. But I'm optimistic sometimes about these things. For example, a couple years ago, I was probably overly optimistic when they traded for James Shaughnessy. I thought he could be a nice player for Tom Brady. I believe I even made a bet with somebody that he was going to catch like 35 balls. How'd that work out? Yeah, I bet lunch. I actually told Shaughnessy about it. He goes, oh, that's nice. Hey, we can have lunch together if you actually win the bet. (laughs) I didn't even come close. Um yeah. So, but I can be optimistic. Like I am just very dubious of those two positions right now. And that's dragging down the whole team because I can't just count on Cam Newton to like carry him. To, to well, just- that also brings us to the next position running back. Like that was sort of the thought was gonna be, Oh, you know, those guys will pick up the slack a little bit and help out. And now your guy who you thought potentially could be the number one back could miss week one with a hand injury. David yeah. Hammer. Uh, my 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 plan personally has gone to shit at the running back position over the last week because my plan was Lamar Miller stays on PUP. Yep. Damian Harris gets his shot to open the year. Well, can we probably connect those two together? The Patriots saw that Harris got hurt and realized that they needed to have another running back on the roster. Said, "Go get him, Lamar Miller." Okay. Can I ask the freaking question? I'm reading excerpts about Tom Brady playing the AFC championship game after his thumb poked through the skin and Damian Harris can't carry the ball with a pinky. Uh, yeah. I mean, Drew Bledsoe once played a playoff game with a pin sticking out of his 
hand, his finger. But Damian Harris can't play with a pinky? You're looking for the long term with him. He's in his second year. That is the long term with a freaking running back. Like, I'm sorry. I, and now I have to be talked into Sony Michelle or I have – because Lamar Miller's coming off an ACL too. Right. Like, there's no guarantee he's going to look good. No, it's right? sort of another one of those things. Just go get him. Hopefully it works out. Like, I had hope that, again, overly optimistic Andy, always creeping in. I bet somebody that he would – Damian Harris would rush for 1,000 yards. Clearly that ship has sailed now. He's going to miss the first couple weeks, right? Yeah. So, yeah, my optimism for the offense is non-existent. Non-existent. Uh, defensively, I guess my linebacker, you brought up off air, linebacker is very young and inexperienced. Yeah, uh, you had Cash making it. What's his last name? Maula? Yeah, Maula. Yeah, I don't know exactly how to say it, but Maula. Cash. I, this is what I turned to you for. No, I had this conversation with John Rook yesterday. I said, you're the announcer guy. You're the one that should know this. And he said, That's oh. He, he said, yeah, Bob I guess I should. Bet your Bob Sosi knows how to say it. I bet he does. I bet he does. Um, but Cash and then Scooter. Yeah. What's his last name? Scooter Harris. Scooter Harris. That's right. Um, we got a Gunna. We got a Scooter. Like, what do we do? We got a Cash. Well, my, my reasoning for keeping Scooter Harris on the roster was sort of similar to yours with the wide receivers that like he was one of the more sought after undrafted rookies and the Patriots gave him a lot of money. Um, the Patriots could see that from the rest of the league and not be able to slide him onto the practice squad. That's why I have him on the roster. And you cut Copeland, correct? Yeah, that was my minor surprise. I just like nice story, but like how many cores, how many major special teamers can you have? And that's the thing is he's a special teamer. When he's played linebacker and defense, it's been primarily on the edge, not where they could use him as linebacker. Yeah, that's not they, – they don't need more edge players. Right. It's kind of not a great fit. And um, I will say, in the, in the practices that we've seen, he wasn't really playing in the middle. Yeah. That's bad for you guys that cover the team on a daily basis. The uh, Yeah, he's a great quote, Good talker. Yeah. Professor at what, Penn? One of those good – Teaches students. a class, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I – that's a, I just think the front seven is precariously thin. I saw a number that I didn't know. Like I knew we knew that they had massive changes on defense and exodus of talent that people were overlooking. But did you see the athletic wrote that they have 44% of their defensive snaps returning the lowest number in the national football league. Did not know that. That's, that's a good stat. And, for the number one defense, everybody's like, oh, they have the number one defense. No, they don't. 55% of the number one defense is gone. And I would say the majority of that's in the front seven. Like, it would get even bigger if you factored in the front seven. Right. Patrick Chung would be the biggest back-end kind of guy, but he's kind of a front seven guy. He's a tweener. Right. Um, right. But yeah, Dante Hightower gone. Jamie Cohn's gone. Kyle, Kyle Van Ray gone. Danny yeah. Shelton gone. Like, yeah. that's huge. And yeah. – I don't think people – I think people are whistling past that graveyard. I don't think they realize the defense could be mediocre to subpar, especially the bulk of the talent is in the secondary. So you don't think teams are going to run the ball and do things schematically to play to your weaknesses rather than your strength? They're not just going to drop back and throw it 45 times towards Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, just, just watch the tape of the Tennessee Titans playoff game. That's pretty much all you have to do. Right. So – that's another area that I just think people are, are – it's the idea. They're fixated on the idea that Belichick, McDaniels, Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore, like those the, – the tent poles are still there. Yep. And you're setting up for a big show, but you forgot the bleachers and you forgot all the other aspects that go with the circus. Right. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I, I don't know. I've been getting more negative by the day. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Well, because like – even the stuff I thought might be good, it's like Damian like, Harris, right, thousand-yard right. rusher. My ass, he's got a bad pinky. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm definitely getting more negative by the day. I'd bang the under. Eight and a half, take the under. Uh, my other surprise cut was Cody Davis at the safety spot. Any issues there? I got no fucking idea anything about Cody Davis. I mean – Well, you gave me issues about cutting Adrian Phillips, and I did my – research and you were right he's making he got three million guaranteed so they're not going to cut him um 
See, but, can we just, if this were real radio, I'd ask for that to be a drop. So I did my research and you were right. <laughs> <laughs> you can have John do that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Cody did. Those special teams ones are always weird. Like I heard somebody, oh no, you, you joked today. Like, wouldn't it be like typical Belichick that he cuts Gunner too? Like everybody thinks Sanu is like, who knows? Maybe he just says the position stinks. He keeps Harry Edelman, you know, Bird, and then like works the waiver wire or something. Right. Right, right. So, and the it's even harder with the special team. So, you have for your core special teamers Slater, yep. Bethel, yep. Uh, who else? Uh, I assume Cash, Cash, Phillips, Phillips. Um, I guess that's it for real core special. And then I guess those Scooter Harris, if he's on the team, he'd be a core special team. Scooter Harris, uh, Jakob, you have him on the roster. Yep, Jakob. Um, trying to think of other guys. There. How many do you really need? Though you have Terrence Brooks on the roster, right? Terrence Brooks, yep. Yeah, so you've got you've got a decent Enough. core, and then the others fill in there. Bentley's yep. and the, like the linebacker. Although Bentley's the guy you might not want because well, he's captain. If you get plus, if he gets hurt, who the hell's like running the front? True. Um, yeah, it's. I will say it's. It's going to be interesting, the, the Saturday cutdowns, but I don't think overly interesting. Like, Sanu is going to be one of the biggest. And they and also, like, don't you think there could be a couple maybe today, tomorrow? Uh, sure. Probably. Yeah. Like, does, Sanu doesn't get to go to, like, the little uh, premiere, right? He's already got long gone and hard to find. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. According to Josie and Anderson, he called in last night. Bill called in for a chat at Gillette. Well, they can't even do their thing. I was – their annual Robert Kraft Cape Cod party. That's true. Like, that would have been like one yesterday. of these Saturdays. Yeah. Or yeah. Like no, it would have been in the past, but I was actually thinking about that on one of their off days. Like, Oh, I wonder if they're going to Robert Kraft's house today. But yeah, you're probably not allowed to. Uh, I mean, I guess they, they have a party with seven, like 70 but they, people. But they could get away with it, but they're saying all these guys are tested every day, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you, that would be a bad look, bad optics. Totally. Totally. Okay, so you have the roster set. You got everything right. Now, have you cross-referenced it with any others to see? Um, Mike Reese had a couple surprises, I guess. J.J. Taylor, the undrafted rookie running back, hmm. which means you have a lot of running backs. Now, as what? Like, as a true running back, as a returner? Does he have return ability? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He didn't specify. <laughs> No, I don't mean like <laughs> he was just there running back. <laughs> Do you think JJ Taylor could be like a lead punt returner? I haven't no, been at camp. No, I don't. I think that's okay. the, that's Demir Bird. <laughs> um, Demir Bird is the lead punt returner. Yeah. Are you getting yourself in trouble? Should you not say this? Uh, he's one of. Okay. Because what about Kyle Duggar? I thought Kyle Duggar was going to be a punt returner. He didn't do as much as I would have thought. Okay, because he, he was – But, again, they, like, the, who knows what we don't see. Like, well, that's, really when it, that's when it was big when we didn't see it was the four days of Patriots.com were pumping him up as a punt returner. Right. So um, – Any other – so, J.J. Taylor, that would be interesting. Dion, mini Dion Lewis 2.0 or whatever. Like I had him on the practice squad. Like, I don't know if they're worried about him not clearing waivers. And the, the other big surprise, I guess bigger than J.J. Taylor, was Rashad Berry. Hmm. He's the tight end D end. Yeah. Rob Bradford will be happy. He loves him. Um, but he's, what, he's, he hasn't even been a tight end in training camp. He's been on defense. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to ask you which position, but you yell at me again and say he didn't specify or something. <laughs> uh, so Rashad, yeah. That'd be, a, that, that'll be a major surprise to me. He hasn't really done anything in my eyes to stand out at all. Ugh, so this team is, uh, Remember when I said I did my roster and I got to 46 and realized I didn't really want anybody else? Yeah. What if Bill does that? Maybe he'll cut down to like 48 and claim a bunch well, of bodies. Haven't we seen that in years past that he yes. like yes. realizes that the end back end of his roster just sucks and what he can get is going to be better than what he has? Yes, he has done that a, a few different times. I mean, there was a, the way back in 2000 – was the team that he just flat out cut everybody and went a couple weeks without enough. He didn't feel like he had enough bodies that were worthy of being on the roster. So he didn't have anybody on the roster. So it, it could I don't be think that. I'll go that far this year, but similar mindset. 
I think the more and more I see this year, the, the Cam signing tweaks it. But if you think Bill is investing in multiple years with Cam and wants Cam around long term, this is, to steal a term from the Red Sox, a bridge year. It's a well, year where they're, they're doing that. That leads me to – I, I don't even think I was going to bring this up. But did you see the, the uh, odds maker bet online had it the odds higher that he would leave than actually come back next year in 2021? Yeah, based on what? I don't know, but these things are, are like these books, these sports books had Cam Newton coming to the Patriots all along and they were proven right. Yeah, but just because you're right once, once you don't get I mean, to live been off right before. Like, I'm, yeah, they've I'm also not. been wrong before a lot. Yeah, I know, I know. A lot of these gamblers do what you just did. They want credit when they're right and they want you to ignore every time they were wrong. Like Floyd Mayweather. Look at me. I made $40 million on this bet. Now show me all Look, the ones. I'm, I'm not saying it's accurate. I'm just throwing it out there. Why would he not be the coach next year? I have no idea. He's retiring. Maybe they, he's getting close to he'll be 69 next year. Maybe he doesn't want to coach that old. Well, he did always say he wasn't going to be 70. Well, as I put in the blog, he basically def- refuted that last year in OMF, saying that, like, as he got older, his mindset's kind of changed, and he can see himself doing that. Right. I also uh, said his contract's one of the biggest mysteries in sports, but I, I went through rumblings this offseason or last year that he got an extension. There's always rumblings about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, don't listen to rumblings. Well, this was like a good insider rumbling. You know what rumblings are full of? What? Shit. When my stomach rumbles, it precedes shit. So when there's rumblings, ignore it. It's shit. When there's reports, when there's actual information, that's when you should listen. But I I know, I think Bill Belichick is invested in this team. Because I'd also think, I'd be pissed if I were Robert. Like, I kind of picked you over Brady. Uh, yes, actually. So now you're out after a year. Brady was only willing to give me two years, maybe, but you're only giving me one, and That'd I pick great. you. Well, that means we have another chapter in these books. Everybody seems to write about the Patriots. Jeff, the, Jeff Benedicts. You'd have to write another chapter. The overwhelming book that is the dynasty. That's large and lots of pages and chapters, and a little overwhelming to uh, begin. But yes. Um, I believe Bill Belichick may be investing long-term. I'd be, I, that's part of the reason why I've said this to you before. I think the trade deadline could be very interesting because by the trade deadline, he will have a better handle of Scuda and Gunna and Cash and Jeff and JJ and, and Devin and Dalton. I mean, there's a million young guys that are going to play. Does that seem like a recipe for success? Uh, no, seems like a big gamble. Yeah. And – but it's not a gamble if you're not – like, he's trying to win. But it's not a gamble if your priority is to – remember when we talked about Stidham pre-cam? If you find out about Stidham this year, well, it was a success. So then – but then this talking through this and how this is all played out this summer, this makes the cam sound even more puzzling. Why? Because why wouldn't you just go into the area with Stidham? Because you may have decided, A, Stidham's not that good. You're just worried about how good Stidham is. And B – You've always lusted a little after Cam. You kind of like Cam. He's healthy. He's cheap. And there's no saying you can't keep him moving forward. I guess, yeah. So if you, yeah, you could make Cam part of your future building process. Yeah. Maybe in my theory where they're trying to find out what they have with a bunch of pieces, maybe they've already decided Cam's healthy. I have something in Cam. I'm going to be looking to keep that relationship going. Next check, let's see what Damian Harris is. now. Doesn't that seem like a dangerous game to play, especially with Cam's injury history and the way he plays the game but it's always a dangerous game to play everybody gets hurt you can't play in fear i i know but like i don't know do you want to invest in a guy that's sort of getting into his 30s as opposed to a guy that's just coming into the league and has who knows what to grow Uh, and who also could get hurt but i don't even know if he's good cam newton at least i think he's good and he's early 30s he's not late 30s he like my comp for him is Ben Roethlisberger, and Roethlisberger's thirty-seven. Yeah. So you're talking about maybe six years of Cam Newton. Let's just say that six years of Cam Newton. That's a long time to have a quarterback. That's six years, good, six good years. Now you're talking Belichick's gone and somebody right. else. Bill's be. gone. Yeah. Right. So I, there is a part of me that thinks there's a lot of evaluating going on early in this season to figure out what the future is going to hold. Uh, any any other major topics you want to bring up? Uh, major topics, Sanu, Damian Harris, uh, your roster, Cam Newton, captains. No, I think we've done a pretty good job. I think so. I mean, did we miss anything? We've decided we're not getting yet into Dolphins and season, even though technically 
We are a week away from the season starting, the opener, which one thing I do have a question about that, that I've heard go completely seemingly silent is the idea that the NFL could do something similar to the NBA and the shutdowns and the boycotts and the strikes. Are we past that? Is there no chance of anything being? Uh, Mark, Mark, he's pouncing the Steelers was asked about that today. He said he hasn't envisioned the Steelers taking any, taking part in that. Like he thinks that they're good, but you're right. Since uh, last week, that kind of topics died down. But yeah, it was like a big topic for a short period. It burned hot and then burned out. It's always in play. I mean, but I think that would also sort of increase its like its impact if it just came suddenly. Like, if well, was- I agree. I actually thought of that. Like, if you say ten days and build up, and it's people sort of know. Yeah, it loses its impact. The shock is. Like Saturday uh, afternoon. Well, Thursday morning of the opener. Oh, or the opener. Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has a statement. Uh, we will not be playing tonight. We don't feel that it's proper. We need to pay proper attention to the issues right. that this country has, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, I think that would be a much bigger, much, much, much bigger deal than if it were. Imagine really if, if, if that game didn't, didn't play, like how upset NBC, the NFL, and that's the impact because everybody's watching. The whole right. world is watching. You got, you know, Carrie Underwood doing a new intro song. You got like it's star power. That's an event. And you pull the plug on an event. Yes. That would that'd be big. Um, do you have a curveball for me? I was gonna ask about uh just not not a question, but more about like some boat tails, some some tails out in your boat. You've been on your boat a lot lately, coming the end of the summertime, like How's the summer been with, with COVID restrictions? Just your, your time on the boat. How's it been? Uh, tremendous. Have used my boat more this year than I think ever. Um, Which makes sense because you don't have like other options to go. Like that's a safe, an option you can do. Right. It's a, and for and a long time. More, more time. Home more. Um, youth sports were canceled and postponed more, a lot less sports and those types of commitments. Um, the weather has been okay. Um, it's run better, quite frankly. It, it didn't break down. It could occasionally have a breakdown that cost you a couple of weeks or something. Um, but no, it's been, uh, it's been enjoyable. I will say from my perspective down this way, I think more people bought boats. There's more boats around than ever. Um, cause you know, you remember reading all those things where people were buying campers and stuff. And yep. I think a lot of people bought boats to get like what you said, like get away, can go out on the river, go to the beach, whatever. Um, and it's been really busy, really hectic. The harbor master pulled us over the other day and he was a total douche. Um, and I think he's stressed out because there's just more traffic, more people, yeah. probably more people that haven't owned boats before. So novice oh, boaters. Yeah. yeah. And so I think he was really douchey and I think that's part of it. But for us, it's been great. We've done more fishing. We're kind of transitioning now more into the fishing phase because the temperatures are coming down. So you know, go for boat rides fish. and fish a little bit. We've actually had a very good year fishing too. It's been one of our best years fishing with bluefish and stripers um, and stuff. We had a fun tale, uh, two things. First of all, I started following Boating Idiots on Instagram, which is a tremendously hilarious uh, Instagram feed of people doing dumb things in boats. Yep. But um, I took my son and his friend out for a ride in the ocean. We, he gets a little seasick, so we usually don't go more than like a mile offshore. And then yep. we turn around because he doesn't, and so we, we go back in after we went out for a nice little ride. We go to the beach for a couple hours. And he's like, let's go back out for another ride in the ocean. And it had gotten rougher in the time that we were at the beach. And then yep. when we went back out and we're going along, we're going along. We take a good boom, boat slams down, his butt hits. And he's like, oh, <laughs> and then the next thing we went right through like a big wave, like head on. And it just, he's sitting up in the bow and it just hit him in the back of the head. And I swear, like, the face he made was life flash before his eyes fade. Like he had no idea what was hitting him in the back of the head. Like, are we going to die? Am I going to drown? What's going on here? Um, and he's like, let's go back in. I'm good. I'm soaked. I'm cold. Let's go back in. It's rough out here. But um, no, it's been a, it's been a very fun summer on the boat. And even though I didn't buy a new one, still shopping though, still looking for deals. I'm hoping some of these people that bought them, it's like a one and done thing. And they're like, where am I going to keep a boat? I don't have any place to store it this winter. And maybe I can get some deals on boats in the late fall uh, season. All right. So we'll be back um, next week with the preview podcast, I guess. And then uh, I think we're both going to be at the opener. We both requested credentials, so we'll, we'll be there. Damn um, it. What? 
Yes, you'll you'll be there. Like, it got approved, I believe. Son of a bitch! I gotta go to Gillette Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I mean you haven't been there in however however long. It's nice to face your old uh, coworkers, and it'll be good for you. Yeah, when was the last time I was there? The Tennessee game, or was did Bill do a pre-draft? The post yeah. the, the day after we were both there. The day after. Ah, uh, the day after. Yeah. When he wasn't ready to talk about Tom, that was a decision for the future. That's true. I ripped him for that one. That's um, true. Yeah, so that'll be my return. Been a long time. Yeah. yeah. And that'll be different. Plexiglass, and we all know Bill said the plexiglass bill was through the roof for Gillette Stadium. We'll see firsthand uh, why. I'll also be going to Gillette Stadium uh, sometime in the next week or so for the – did you see the advertising? They're having um, Jurassic Quest no. in the parking lot. They're – I believe there's 40 of them. They are dinosaurs that are as, as big as 80 feet high. And it's like a drive-through Jurassic dinosaur experience thing. It's interesting COVID development. I think that's a great idea for them. A big space, open parking lot that's not going to use. Why not? Well, the one thing I need to ask is, based on the promos or the, the advertising on Patriots.com and GilletteStadium.com, it says it runs from, I want to say, tomorrow through the 13th. Yep. The 13th. What's the 13th? The home opener. So there could be 80-foot dinosaurs just outside the stadium when we're, the Patriots are playing? Like, I, is he going to look through, like, the open-enders? Because they're animatronic. Oh, really? So there could be, like, a dinosaur you could see by the lighthouse or by the open end. I, I need to find that out because that would be funny. I'm sure CBS would actually like it. But I was going to say, but they actually would to get some, you know, action without fans to get some better than empty parking lot like yeah, they gotta show some i'm sure there'll be some helicopter flying over you gotta show something right and i don't know have some fun with it you could have one eating a dolphin or something like a big right. rubbery dolphin that'd right. be cool okay i'm all done all right well uh we'll be back next week talk to you later peace out Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.